This is the one with question mark underpants. Dr. Funkenstein. Polyp front titivation. Are you my mommy? <laughs> and a big hairy cluster. It's called the Zygon Invasion. Here, Here we, we go. go. Whistle on our epic phrase. All through time and all through space. Whistle being an angel sound. Dalek cyber zoot and wow. Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime. Echo center with ticker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be. But who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, and Zygons, and all in between and beyond, welcome to yet another, yet another episode. Thanks so much for keeping on listening to Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, Doc Pass. This is episode N124, doesn't work quite as well. The Zygon <laughs> Invasion. I am Drew Back When, but one co-host based in England tonight. There's another one of those, though, and he's on the left of my screen, and his name is... Leon, hello there. Hello, Podcast Land. Hello, Drew. Yes, hello, Leon. And our German contingent tonight is made up of a single solitary figure. It's me, Marie. <laughs> hello, Marie. Guys, high level, what did we think? I'm going to take a running start and go, I loved it! What? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Loved the hell out of it. There's no it... hell left in it. Loved it all. You loved to hate it? No. Oh. <laughs> you love to love it? And your baby just loves to dance? What? I take it oh, okay. uh, that you are not in agreement. I think I'm undecided, to be honest. I think there are good bits and there are bad bits, and I don't know where I will land, to be honest. Oh, exciting. It's all up for grabs, podcast land. Well, wait, what about you, Drew? I'm somewhere in the middle, predictably, oh. being, you know, a Ever the diplomat. centrist. Oh, I really <laughs> should be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty good, but I'm, I'm not going to say that I love it without qualifications. That's an incredibly bold statement. I was taken aback. That's why I ummed and ahed and gibbered for a couple of minutes, Fine. and then you cut most of that out. <laughs> Well, that <laughs> remains to be seen. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I look forward to hearing you guys uh, either disliked or were kind of, yeah, fine about it. I also look forward to being talked down. You know what I'm looking forward to? Time for us to synopsize, lubify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview. This free-for-all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. Units zany comedy double act, Osgood and Osgood, have recorded one final short, just in case, on the off chance, either a human or an undercover Zygon ever commits a murder and activates the one tiny loophole in the otherwise most perfect peace treaty of all time. Left clutching her twin's box after Missy's murderous flight of fancy, the surviving Osgood goes mad with grief and heads to the whimsically named Truth or Consequences, where British immigrants are getting murdered in corkboard-sized rampage and treated no better than dogs. Enter the president of the world, Kegels, and someone who looks very much like Clara to save the day. Splitting up, Case Shu reviews the T's and C's, Dr. Disco flies to lightly fictionalistan, while Clara, or not sequences, tries to get to the bottom of a lift shaft mystery. Please go over. You are welcome. Aren't you just? <laughs> <laughs> right, so... Uh, so, so where are we starting? <laughs> well, I would quite like you to start, Marie, with something that you really disliked. Oh, where to begin? 
Oh, so many to choose from. Such a rich choose abundance. From. Depends. Do you want the big high-level stuff or do you want itty-bitty niggles? Or, like, to be honest, why is Kate Stewart all on her own in New Mexico? Why doesn't she have any backup? And how did that become a plot point? And... <laughs> Come and haunt you hard and fast, Leo. Wow, oh, these, these are like seven things I hadn't thought about. <laughs> Why, when Doctor is in Turk Whateveristan, Turk he... Mezistan. Mezistan. Turk, I prefer Turk Whateveristan. <laughs> and all the squad are going in and they're going to bomb everyone and it's just like, everyone's going to be put in 30 seconds. Why doesn't he step in with his president of the world and say, hold your fire, we can peacefully capture these Zygons and interrogate them. We don't have to bomb them to smithereens. Why does that never happen? Yeah. Who the fuck are you? You're just a colonel. You're not even high up in the military. Exactly. And who gave the order? Because at one point, Kate Stewart's like, yeah, I think we're going to have to bomb them. And then the next thing, they are bombing them. And I don't think Kate gave the order. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, fine, guys. I retract my loved this episode (laughs) sorry drew i I just just said that capaldi eats generals for breakfast that was all (laughs) what what is he doing tripping up over a colonel they're rich in fiber (laughs) not that kind of colonel and final point that really bummed me out was the total misuse or underuse of the not quite twin tumbleweed tumbleweed no okay girls in the opening sequence who should have been twins why aren't they twins oh because... yeah the creepy shining girls yeah okay so we have, okay. We have hang on wait can we focus on one of these hate points why is kate stewart sent in solo horrible planning have you noticed okay. how bad the uk is at planning anything at the moment imagine if okay. on top of the coronavirus there also were an alien invasion I don't know. I I don't have an answer for you. You're absolutely right. She shouldn't have been there alone. That's total nonsense. What would have happened if there were like a hundred Zygons there and Osgood was there? How would she possibly have attempted to rescue Osgood? That was why she went there. It's the last signal we had. But Marie, she's got a perfectly serviceable, absolutely normal gun. No massive souped-up alien turbocharged tech or anything. She's got a Walter PPK. She's Jane Bonding it and that's going to suffice. Does she go there on her own, though? Yes! Absolutely. But wait, wait, I mean, where is this place? She just hops out of a taxi, and then she looks at her map. She's got, like, one of those little tourist information maps from the airport. But, I mean, she must have flown there somehow. Yeah, economy class. Yeah. That's got the private jet. Yeah, exactly. He's on boat one or whatever stupid name it was. I feel like there must have been a backup that we never saw, and that goodness knows why, but for some reason, she never felt it necessary to deploy. But the point was, the policewoman spent hours waiting for the backup to arrive, and nobody ever did. Like, if you had backup there, you would have either called them and gone, oh, it's alright guys, you can go home, there's nobody here, or you would have deployed your backup already. Like, Yeah, what yeah, yeah. No, just, just when the right. policewoman finally says, I had to make sure, Kegels would say, ha ha, played the long game. Uh, <laughs> she, she's fallen for it, guys, now you can shoot the fuck out of her. <laughs> And also, why why the <laughs> heck was this rando policewoman like so obsessed with the backup? Like she could have just zapped cables there and then, and then if and when the backup arrives, just deal with them later. Yeah, like pretend to be cables. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, it, no, I agree. It it, this is incredibly done. I absolutely agree, and I have just subtracted 0.5 from. Okay, so here's the thing. So when we started, wow. I hadn't written a score, but <laughs> just for funsies, when I said I freaking love this episode, I 
wrote 5.0. And that's not <laughs> because this was worth 5.0, but because I would have a way to go. So I'm now down to 4.5. Spoiler alert, carry on. Well, I tell you what, Marie has <laughs> finally found the way to get through to you. Just blitz you, beat you over the head with 10 different problems in a minute. And there's no way you can resist. <laughs> this is a breakthrough moment for us. <laughs> Just you wait until we get to the our own minis, and I go. Well, you know what? I return to the score I started with. <laughs> what else did you Do mention? You address my second point was yeah, the doctor is in you know with the army. We've got all the Zygons yep. holed up in the church. You guys draw their fire, and we'll sneak him around the back. Was how it was put to him, and then very quickly the commander woman on the radio going, "Kill them! Kill them all now!" And Doctor just sits back and says nothing like he doesn't jump in and say no don't kill them please i have a bigger beef with that scene i mean you're right you're absolutely right but my bigger beef with that scene is how inept those soldiers are there must have been a briefing beforehand where kegels told them or well you know the the other minister from the thick of it told them listen here's the thing they can imitate anyone and then the church opens and Sorry? It's on, they say it on screen. She oh, they says, say it. Like, yeah. You know what their skills are. You know they can manipulate you. They'll they'll try it. They'll find your weak spot. Don't fall for it. Yeah. And these aren't just like regular soldiers. These are unit soldiers. Yeah. They are used to this mm. shit. They should mm. know what's going on. They know what a Zygon is. And when the church opens and someone's mum steps out, who probably is in a different country, and yeah, exactly. all of these How people. Get here? Yeah. Like they must realize what's going on. Why do they just peace? fully go into the, it's just so dumb yeah, yeah. And, and after the drone strike operator fails to launch the drone strike the colonel should have pulled her aside and said you are out of the military straight away you've completely failed forget unit forget the regular army forget the fucking ta you'll never work in this military industrial complex again everybody do you see what i'm doing do you see how stupid this bitch was we're <laughs> fucked because of her and if you do it i'm gonna fucking kill you myself i love <laughs> bombing shit i will stand you under a fucking rocket and just just annihilate you you, you get me okay i'm down to 4.3 guys carry on uh, you uh, true thank you very much because you've reminded me of another scene which i really really hated and you they're everywhere you can't move without bumping into one <laughs> Why the heck or how the heck? Okay, I get that now the Zygons have evolved and whatever and they've got different powers and they can they don't need a body anymore. They can just mind meld you and they can turn into someone that they've never seen. But the soldier guy stood there and in his brain, you know, the figure of his mom is there and the Zygon turns into his mom. Okay, that's fine. How mm. did the Zygon on land get to the woman that was about to pull the trigger wherever the fuck she is? Like, an, you know, in some airbase somewhere. He doesn't know who's behind, like behind the camera. He can't see her. He can't make a mental connection with her. Yeah. How to turn into her husband and child? Yeah, that's totally dumb as well. Four point one, by the way. And also, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Once once we get him rolling, he's just gonna tumble all the way down the hill. Let's put a pin in that because I need to talk about this bloody tumbleweed, which pissed me off to no end. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I had another theory about Zygon telepathic, as in like you don't need to keep the the mold in one of your Zygon pods. You can just have this shape forever if you want to. And it was disproved by exactly this incredibly moronic scene and scenes like it. But my theory originally was when Osgood says this, that maybe she's just saying it because she's...
she's covering up the fact that she is human Osgood. Yeah. And that I would have I would have loved that as a concept. Like let's not change yeah. the Zygons completely because the fact that you have someone stuck in a pot somewhere is actually a really powerful plot point that you can use in future Zygon stories. Oh no, uh, she looks like Clara. That means we need to find the real Clara somewhere. That sort of thing. Exactly. Now they're just shapeshifters. Now they can just turn into anyone. Why the heck do they have these all these pods underneath the apartments in London? Exactly. Like, you don't need them. Need no. Uh, yeah. Oh, four point oh. All right. Oh. <laughs> While we're talking about the pods under London, uh-huh. how stupid is it that Clara has moved? She, she's decided her magnificent roof terrace, where Father Christmas has ample room to <laughs> land his, and which may have just been a dream, but that was never confirmed that it was just a dream. It clearly, anyway, it was a dream. She's sick of all that, and now she wants to go and live in a grotty flat that Jackie Tyler would be ashamed to. Isn't be this seen the same dead? house that she lived in in the beginning? Is it? I think she it is. Was in, she was in a house in the beginning, wasn't she? No, I'm, I'm not talking about the fake Christmas dream because I definitely think that was a dream. The luxurious house, the Notting Hill building. Yeah, the, no, they, that was absolutely a, a dream. I think but she lived we, in this place before. No, when we very, very first met Clara, when um, she was on the phone to the help, the woman from the corner shop gave me your number and heard you're the best yeah she lived with that other family she was the living nanny yeah she was in a nice house oh yeah okay so wait hang on isn't there a scene where this might be another christmas episode where she runs down the stairs to get the doctor and she says oh i forgot the crackers or something like that and she runs upstairs and when she runs upstairs from that staircase with the windows the glass fronted staircase she sees the tardis dematerialize i feel like we've seen this building before maybe okay okay it's still horrible and the fact that I suppose I could allow a lift shaft being hollowed out from underneath a great big block of flats like that because that allows you access to very many different, you know, a large number of people in one in one go with one shaft. That's very efficient. That's very effective. But still, it seems to me like the biggest coincidence. And nobody's heard any digging sounds. <laughs> I, I have a question about the neighbours. <laughs> Her very suspect Zygon neighbours. Did you also think that maybe the neighbours were just going to turn out to be transporting some mundane nonsense in the lift? Like maybe they were going to throw something non-recyclable in the recycling bin and they were doing it at night to cover it up and this was all just going to be a morality tale about racial profiling? <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been brilliant, yeah. The thing that bothered me about that scene was how easily the other unit woman goes along with it. Like, we're, we've got this Zygon invasion but your neighbours have this like domestic incident so I guess we'll just go and ignore this massive like world catastrophe that's happening over here and we'll just go and see what your neighbours are up to. Yeah. Like, wouldn't no, you I, just... I don't see any problem with that. I think that she trusts Clara which she shouldn't but huh. I mean I mean, that's, that's, that's hindsight. That's retrospect that says you were silly to trust Bonnie not Clara. Yeah. Uh, but yeah if, if something else weird is going on I, I think in the Doctor Who universe you assume they're connected. But isn't it weird going back to that house? We're on a, a desperate mission to prevent an invasion of Earth. Oh, I just gotta pick something up. Yeah, alright then. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, yeah, she is what? very nice, but she is rubbish. 
Yes, yeah, she was <laughs> hey, Jack. I don't even. What, what's her name? Jack. J A C. The 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 one with the glasses who Clara hoodwinks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why did she go back to Clara's flat with her if Clara absolutely nets like has to go back and pick something up? Because Jack has stolen all sorts of unit tech as well, and she's thinking, "Oh goodness, Clara's probably had access to the super primo stuff." Yeah. This <laughs> this this could be a game changer that we're stopping off for. But do you know what else annoyed me about Clara's excursion into the family the family's flat opposite? No idea on mm. 3.8. Why <laughs> didn't she turn the fucking light on? Oh. <laughs> because it's it's so dark, but that's entirely at her power to correct. There's, there's no power outage. There's, the atmosphere is entirely fraudulent. No, she's very <laughs> polite and she doesn't want yeah. to consume the neighbor's electricity. Yeah, because she's racially profiling <laughs> them and she thinks you're a struggling inner city urban family. Urban in huge quotation marks. <laughs> like you obviously can't afford an extra few pennies of electric. That's so insulting. I just think don't, I don't think it's weird to walk into someone else's house and invite it and turn on the lights. Like I don't think I would. She turned them off again. She's trying to alert them <laughs> to their missing child. <laughs> now it's better I don't disturb you and that <laughs> he goes missing and is abducted by some other urban race because they'll obviously be the one to commit the crime. <laughs> Oh, dear Clara, what do you like? <laughs> to just change the topic slightly into uh-huh. things I liked. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. We are fair excellent. and balanced. That's a podcast. Um, I loved the reveal of Clara being like evil Clara. Oh, and definitely. Just, like, tiny little side eye, and immediately she's the most sinister person you've ever seen. It's like, oh my god, why didn't I see it before? Of course, you're an evil Zygon. I mean, what's a I... cliffhanger? Four point three. Yeah, before we get to the cliffhanger, can I read out my note about evil Clara? Uh-huh. Evil Clara, with her sideways glances, is hot as hell. I'm glad she stayed on for this extra series, just so we could see that. I 100% second that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, in fact, 4.4. No, Drew, what have you done? He's got a point. <laughs> it's off screen, right? Yeah, okay, cool. I, I can only see the tip. <laughs> just the point. Uh <laughs> I know, it shouldn't make that big a difference, but boy. (laughs) So yeah, you can talk about the cliffhanger now. Now I've cooled down a bit. (laughs) Marie, take it away. Cliffhanger, cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) While Drew takes a cold shower. (laughs) Okay, so following on from the Clara discussion, at what point did you start to question Clara? Was it right at the time when she does her little side eye, or was there anything earlier that made you think, oh, that doesn't seem very Clara? It was at the side eye for me. Yeah. I was too distracted by the fact that this we've been in this tunnel before, I think. Oh, is is this the uh, flatline tunnel? Yeah, it's absolutely the flatline tunnel. Hey, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> If we both thought that, then even if it isn't, they should have done a better job differentiating the two. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a different tunnel. They have access to a tunnel. Like, they're not going to use it again. This tunnel is the quarry of New Who. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was convinced that it was Clara perhaps up to the side. I can't remember because it was a few days ago and I watched it twice. I was misled because (laughs) they give Clara Clara Clara-isms. They make her sassy. They They don't flatten out her character in any way. I mean, I don't know if they were intending for the lines to be a bit off and a bit weird or whether that's just the writer. You know, you can never say that bad line was intentional in Doctor Who. So I I think the Clara-isms, like if you're a Zygon and you're attempting to 
impersonate someone, you've got a body trapped in a cell somewhere and you're taking over their life. You would take on their mannerisms as well. Otherwise, everyone would know straight away that something was off, surely. Yeah. So, okay. So Leon and I were baffled adequately by this Saigon. Were you not? Oh, no, I absolutely was. Like, it was... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like, I did. I completely... I didn't really remember this episode, actually. When we, first, when we started watching it, I was like, oh, what's going to happen here? And yeah, and it got to the side eye. I was like, oh, whoa, I did not see that coming. And then today, just before we recorded, I rewatched it, but with that in mind, and I was watching Clara in particular to see whether there were any clues. And there are, like you say, it's in a very Clara-esque way. So nothing that, like, it's not how she says it, but there are a couple of points where she's asking about the snazzy weapons and she's very excited about the prospect of this um, nerve gas that's going to turn Zygons inside out and trying to get hold of that. And that doesn't seem like a very Clara thing to be excited about. Yeah, now that you say that, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think I go along with you. Yeah, and then when they're in the tunnels and she's very convincingly going, okay, we've got to kill all these things because they're making copies of us and they're still growing and if we get them now they won't come out and overtake us and again that is never she travels with the doctor the answer is never slaughter the babies before they are born actually scratch that i think that may have been where i began to suspect oh interesting i think that i think i felt very like that's not a clara thing to say i didn't didn't know that at all but she right before that when they're in the lift i felt like she well now i realize pretended to be very scared she seemed so anxious to be in that lift the electricity's out there's like weird Cronenberg gloop coming out of the console it's it's yeah. all really gross and scary oh those sound effects that go with the gloop oh <laughs> yeah yeah Cronenberg ASMR it is the sexiest shit <laughs> I was actually most bothered by Clara's line when the doctor is titivating the fronds mm-hmm. and she's all like oh doctor you're basically riding that thing should we give you 10 minutes and you can wipe up and uh, we can come back once you're spent yeah. and it, it seemed a bit over the top but I don't think that was a, a Zygon inequivalency I feel like that was that was just I think that's on point line. I think that's on point I think those two really? have yeah I think occasionally they have slightly saucy bands fact that the doctor counters that by saying yeah i snogged a saigon once i think i could be swayed either way because i think the same as you do it it apparently clara could as well (laughs) (laughs) like it did stand out as a like oh like is that okay would she have said that and then immediately went no yeah probably she would have said that i just associate clara perhaps with a slightly higher class of smut it seems a little too on the frond yeah But what a frond. <laughs> oh, stop it, you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the other what thing a that... frond, eh? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Marie. Carry on. Um, the other thing that jumped at me was her um, sort of disregard for middle-aged people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm newly annoyed about that. In the last five years, I've become a lot more sensitive to that kind of talk, young lady. <laughs> Remind me, what is this about? So the woman she's with, I've got a name already, Drew? Jack. 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 I say Zach, yeah. Uh, he's all nervous and worried and, you know, rightly so because Zygons are invading, hence the name of the episode. And Clara goes, oh, don't worry, it's just because you're middle-aged. Middle-aged people are always convinced the world oh, about Oh, yeah. End. That's really like, that's rude. True. Exactly. It yeah, she rude. wouldn't say that. That's true. Rude. That's That's a good yeah. point. It's a very good point. Yeah. 4.3. <laughs> Wait, you seriously <laughs> went back up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I went from 3.8 to 4.4 and now I'm back down to 4.3. Oof. Oh my God, Drew. Just, just wait. Up. He'll subside. His tumescent 
problems will subside. It'll take a while. No, I, okay. I, I took 17 Soyalises. Uh, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't hit you with my twin theory yet, so we'll get to Oh, I'm always ready to come back to the twins. Oh, you mean the little girls? Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> cut, 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 cut. <laughs> uh, cut, 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 cut. <laughs> That twin scene is at once quite creepy. I mean, it's creepy when they're having a grown-up conversation with the Doctor. And quite creepy that the Doctor's just allowed to walk around a playground talking to children. I'm sure there must be a, a, a teacher somewhere accompanying the rest of these kids. No yes, one thinks, like, just, who's this not, old man talking to these girls? That's, not just talking to them, but stalking them. He's yeah. on the playground with them, like, following them, them down the slide and stuff. Yeah, that's He's whispering to them in hushed tones. Nobody else must hear what I have to say to you. <laughs> yeah, there should have been a lot of oh, adults around. Oh, man. Going, oh, no. Oh, 4.2. The teacher is in on this. How can the teacher not know that she has two of the most important pupils on the planet in her care? Why would <laughs> Zygons pretend to be kids? Or even if they pretend to be kids, why would they infiltrate to the point where they are actually in a classroom with other children? They are adults. They would be so <laughs> understimulated. Uh, it, it's the job. Twilight effect. I, I'm going to go back to Twilight. It's the Twilight thing. If you're a vampire who's like a bajillion years old. You don't pretend to go to high school. Isn't the moral of this story that all the Zygons are here to steal our UK benefits? <laughs> Such as being bored at a playground. <laughs> yeah, These Zygons are just pitching for free school meals. That greedy bastard. Very on point, Drew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Timely reference. So topical. <laughs> Okay, so, so when we when it came to the twins, Jim had a theory and I had a theory, and neither of them are correct, but I will share with you anyway if you would like to hear them. Oh, please. Great, yeah. let's hear your assorted ignorance. So, because <laughs> they're obvi- well, they're obviously, they're not twins. Like, one of them's like a good, like, head above the other one. Yeah. Um, and you can't even you know. say that you have non-identical twins because that's not how a Zygon works. Exactly. Like, yeah. they, don't, yeah, they don't bear any resemblance to children that are the same age, never mind twins. So, but Jim's theory was that the taller of the two was the human and the smaller one was the Zygon oh. and the Zygon hadn't quite mastered growth. And so it had copied a child at a certain age and just stayed at that age. And then the human grew and then there was this like disparity. Love that theory. That is a fantastic theory. And I'm sorry that it wasn't true. I think that's a great theory. Yeah. Yeah, it's just as valid as whatever bullshit hand wavy reason they used to cast these girls in the episode. But, but imagine <laughs> how <laughs> it's like just out of her depth the real human girl would be. Like just constantly <laughs> accompanied by a slightly shorter, <laughs> incredibly mature alien who's pretending to fit into the class. <laughs> just always t- telling her, Lisa, I mean, <laughs> alright, I'm gonna feign ignorance when we're asked a, like an algae question. I don't know how old these girls are. When they ask us about whatever and uh, just run with yeah. it. Oh yeah, and now Wouldn't I have they to... ask us about fluid dynamics because we're like <laughs> between the ages of seven and sixteen, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not, not a theory, but what I would have liked to, it to have been was there's a note about like the kind of Zygon babies and a lot of these twenty. 20- They'll make your dreams come true. <laughs> 
these 20 million zygons (laughs) were like young zygons wouldn't it have been cool if they'd have said there was a like massive influx of twins that year like a strange amount of twins were born and every zygon had basically paired themselves with a newborn baby and so all the twins in the world from that year onwards but like one was a zygon and one was a human oh that's also a very cool idea would the zygons know know that they are zygons no because that well that should be the point is that you grow up not knowing who you are i guess like, so this is the black box has all the data but otherwise it's a knock you, list the black box should... i just realized that i didn't i did, I, I was gonna yeah. ask you guys what is that box but it's a knock list yeah absolutely like why does that box exist it's ridiculous if Sorry, really... i don't know what a knock list is mission impossible the knock list is the list of all the undercover agents okay but that's the thing if they want the zygons to properly assimilate into humanity then why is there a list where you can click like easily identify them all yeah but it's only meant to be used in extremists or not in extremists in the zygon invasion but sure it's <laughs> it's the nightmare scenario it's the ultimate backup it's not like uh you know i've, I've had a pretty ropey monday i'm gonna find out where some zygons are and just blow up this treaty that's it's not that blase i don't think you're taking this seriously enough <laughs> <laughs> it seems a bit blase and that was my other my concern about the black box is so Kate and Jack are chatting they've realised that the Zygons are uprising and Osgood's gone missing and they're really worried that they won't be able to find they don't have all the names for the Zygons yeah the files have been corrupted and they're trying to get in and there's the equivalent of a ha 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 you can't get in no before that before they found out the files are corrupted they say like we don't know where everybody is there's 20 million of them and they I think they say something on the lines of like the information died with Osgood. Oh. Why would you put one person in charge of the information? Like, it is a little confusing. And so now that the Zygons have kidnapped Osgood, they just have it immediately. Like, they have all the information. Yeah, that's true. How do they get it? Why, like, does she have it? She doesn't have a physical black box with her when she's captured. I'm not sure where the box is for about 43 minutes of this episode. (laughs) I think I totally forgot about the black box after the intro scene. Yeah. Yeah. I also think the production crew did. Like, (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm assuming that it'll turn up in part two of this yeah as a boxness gun (laughs) oh no yeah the squareness gun like shoots a hole that is exactly the size of this box and it just flops through uh, (laughs) through the floor oh no (laughs) doc jumps after it lands in the sea (laughs) it turns into a life raft i don't know Osgood is... Wait, Which one? I, yeah, so the one... All right, wait, hang on. We get a scene where Osgood goes to the cemetery and she finds the grave of the other Osgood. My well, sister. Yeah, does she? What kind of a tombstone is that? It just says, my sister. Yeah, well, my, my opening question was how many people are just walking through the graveyard and happen across that headstone and have an instant breakdown and go, shit, I didn't know. And then they get a phone call and it's like, shit. <laughs> what? This has been a roller coaster. I just saw your tombstone. No, I'm like I'm in Tesco. <laughs> I'm literally standing on top of you. <laughs> My theory about this is that the Osgood that is still alive is the human Osgood, and therefore the one that died was the copy, and therefore she couldn't have her name on the tombstone because then all her friends and family would go, "Holy shit, Osgood is dead," and she's not; she's still around. But, but the whole point about the two Osgoods is that they are claiming to be one and the same and inseparable. So why? 
why wouldn't that extend to the gravestone? But I guess, you, well, the same still applies. If they are both Osgood, then there is an Osgood still alive, so you can't have a grave for Osgood. Oh, I see. Yes. Do you know what? That's right, because in the day of the Doctor, Zygon Osgood gets a mindful of human Osgood's memories and says, you're so jealous of your pretty sister, I wish I'd copied her instead. So Osgood's sister can't be walking through the graveyard and shit, my sister! That's Osgood! I'm Osgood's sister! My sister is Osgood! That's wait, Osgood under the... Wait, wait, wait. Is that the pretty sister's grave and she was so jealous <laughs> that out of spite she gave her the laziest tombstone in the UK? Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take that. <laughs> yeah. Who's jealous now? <laughs> Fucking mausoleum. And what have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Not even a name. <laughs> I mean, there's bureaucracy involved in this. At some point, it's like, yeah, well, we're going to have an actual, you know, burial. There's a grave. Yeah. yeah. Which name is going to be? No name. No, I'm sorry. My sister didn't have a name. Like, oh, First okay. Name. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just I think annoying. If you pay them enough, they don't care. The same <laughs> company that made that tombstone made that tumbleweed. That tumbleweed is the pits. Equally lazy. It's not supposed to be a classic tumbleweed. It's supposed to be a, a zapped Zygon or human, isn't it? That's yeah. Oh, that's right. You're, oh, you're, you're so right. You're laughing at someone's mortal remains. Yeah, yeah I don't mind. Well, I, I'm doing that in either case, including the tombstone. But do you know what it reminded me of? The second that tumbleweed or the, you know, dead remains, whatever, the hairball flops into frame, it reminded me of one of the opening scenes of the, the pilot of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place when someone just, like, throws a cat into frame. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that bothered me about that, Drew, you just made the point that it's either a Zygon or a human remains. But why do they look the same? When you zap a Zygon or a human, they turn into a ball of tumbleweed. Neither species is particularly hairy. Why do they look the same and where does all the hair come from? It's not hair, though. It's something else. It's looks like hair. It does look like, like hair, but it's like space ash. Leon, are you defending the tumbleweed? No! <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you are. No, I, I I thought the electric, like the weird static hair thing was a really cool effect. I thought that was really badass, but I hated the introduction of that. Now I realise those were remains. I thought that was a tumbleweed, but like, I hated that scene. It was just so shit. But I like the idea that a gun doesn't just vaporise you or something else. It turns you into, like, someone's just rubbed a balloon against their head and, you know, like, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, just to circle back to Osgood for a second, mm-hmm. my second sort of theory slash question, because I don't know if I'm right about this, as to why I think that this Osgood is the human Osgood, is because we see her using the inhaler. And isn't there a thing the first time around where the human version needs the inhaler, but the Zygon doesn't? And that's how they yeah, can Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So we were told because, earlier. Yes. Well, the twin Kegelses are sorting out the treaty in the background. Zygon Osgood, well, no, human Osgood coughs. Zygon Osgood puts her finger to her lips and hands her the inhaler. Yeah, exactly. So that was a really clear nod early on that she is a human. Because the way they were talking about it is like, oh, we're a mesh, we are both one and the same. But there isn't, it's not a physical thing. There might have been a mind meld, but one of them is physically human and one was physically Zygon. Is that right? Or are they a hybrid? Is there a possibility that they're a hybrid? I mean, she says that she, that she is now a hybrid, that she is both, but I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I think that's her keeping up the pretense of 
of I could be either, you know. The, Trying to keep this like I'm the piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is really strange. Like, why does she feel any kind of loyalty to this person who stole her identity? Is she just that much better a sister than her real sister? Oh, oh don't get us started on her sister. <laughs> So pretty, yet so evil, horrible person. Yeah. I, I think it Osgood's just a better person than any of us. Yeah, and also yeah. Zygon Osgood <laughs> shows her mercy and that Zygons can be different in the Day of the Doctor. But this is all skirting around a problem I have that leads to another problem. Oh dear. So get ready, Leon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. I'm looking forward to it. In the Day of the Doctor, the Zygons are all in the Undercroft or whatever they call it. And Zygon Osgood steals Osgood's identity, as you say. And then later on, she does the scene I just described. There is nothing in between to explain why Zygon Osgood is different and suddenly is capable of pity. That's poorly motivated. And it leads me here in this episode when they're talking about, you know what, Zygons are like any other race. There's a whole spectrum of behaviors that they exhibit but whenever whenever a human turns into a zygon even if they're if they're a tiny little girls they all become the same pink blob <laughs> there is absolutely no distinction between the good zygons and the bad ones why well no like the little girls they look the same but they don't they don't have a chance to start going blah, 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 blah. they just get killed straight away no they go they have a couple of seconds yeah, of standing that's going, absolutely blah, true yeah, yeah. Maybe that's their death, like their death knoll. They just I mean, they're maybe. trying to like, bye, mom, I love you. Inside. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that video is heartbreaking if you can decode it. <laughs> yeah. I just think when they're trying to add some nuance mm. and extra dimension to the Zygons in this episode, they do that in some ways and utterly undercut it with with just the same old stuff. Yeah, and the scene with them as children, the scene that you're talking about bef- but before they turn to Zygons, they just stand there looking like evil twins, stuck still, staring at the camera. There's no... Yeah, why like, aren't they saying yeah, anything? There's no... Yeah, anything. And if we're supposed to feel empathy with these Zygons, that are, they're the good guys and they've been kidnapped and now killed and like held hostage why aren't we given a reason to care for them mm. Leon anything to add yeah 4.0 I'm back down okay. to 4.0 yeah we've dragged him down by a fifth and we've got a long way to go <laughs> That's a massive shortcoming. But I'm also trying to remember. I, have you guys rewatched part two of this? No. Oh, uh, not yet. Yeah, nor I. I don't remember anything, I think, of part two. And I'm slightly hopeful that maybe we'll get something. I, I have a, like, like a vague recollection that we get some Zygon personality. If not in part two, then maybe in some. Do we get. Are there other Zygon episodes? I think this is it for them for now. Right. Okay. But, but I do remember before we started this series, I was looking forward to this double header as a standout pair so yeah. i think part two probably is better and part two does have stephen moffat as a co-writer instead of it just being peter harness he have killed the moon fame so <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> one of yeah. your favorites drew <laughs> <laughs> this is significantly better i've talked a lot of crap about this episode so far but overall definitely way better than bad absolutely yes yeah i really liked the cold open with the osgoods i thought they were very effective i it helped that i felt really stupid for, for having forgotten that there were two after seeing one killed by missy it's like oh oh yeah there is another one whoops <laughs> 
Yeah, totally the same. I had completely forgotten there might be another one somewhere. But I've also still can't remember. Why isn't there another Kate Stewart? There were two Kates at one point. What happened to the other Kate? That's a good question. Oh, yeah. Oh, Marie. That's never a... Oh, no. <laughs> you were oh, so good at this. Oh, bloody just, hell. Just 3. 3.8. Oh, and... <laughs> what about this? That completely ruins the episode. You, you might have the answer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. You've got such a knack for it. <laughs> I never see it coming either. That opening scene, sorry, this is a banal observation, but that opening scene with the two Osgoods also it showcases the first couple of just fan service. So one Osgood is wearing a scarf, the other one is wearing McCoy's sweater. Then we go to, I, th- I think this is in the unit headquarters, uh, where a portrait of William Hartnell's first doctor is on the wall. Yes. Uh, someone, I can't remember who now, is is it Jack, maybe? Someone's wearing question mark collars, I've written down. Yeah, That's uh, Osgood again, I think. Is that Osgood again? Yeah. So so there oh. are, like, a number of doctors are represented in this. Like There's just a lot of fan service. That was the, that's my number one note, just the, oh wow, we are treated to fan service straight out the gate. Is there, um, so there's a reference to, oh no, (laughs) um, the, the weapon that will turn the Zygons inside out, and then Jack says, oh, you know, it's with someone who has a TARDIS. Is that a reference to Classic Who? Is that a weapon you've seen before, or? Not that I recall. Z67 nerve gas. Hmm. Oh, I thought that might have been a... I thought that was a Nazi reference, actually, when it came up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are other Zygon stories in Classic Who that we haven't come across yet. Yeah, maybe. What was the operation called? Sorry, I lied before. That was my number two note. My number one note was operation dot dot dot. And I remember writing that. Operation double. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Strike that from the record. That was kind of (laughs) lame. 3.8. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What about Capaldi playing Amazing Grace on the guitar and properly just soloing his ball? Just peeling those licks off the bone. What a dude. What a total (laughs) chap. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we're back up to the fours now. That's that's very good. Does Amazing Grace have any reference, like, can it have any impact on the story? Or was it just a random song to choose? I mean, I'm thinking through the words and I I don't see an immediate connection. No, I didn't Wasn't Amazing Grace composed by... A Zygon? uh, I was going to (laughs) say... Possibly a former slave in yeah. the US. I think there's a tragically ironic connection to slavery, given the context in which Amazing Grace is, is sung nowadays. Mm. Uh, Amazing Grace was written by John Newton, and he was in the Royal Navy, and he was involved in the Atlantic slave trade. Right, um, okay, yeah. He, he uh, turned C of E and was completely against it. So I, I don't know if there's a, a tragic irony there at all, but I think there was no, probably I, a conversion I, movement on a boat in the Atlantic. Right, yeah, okay. So, well, I'm misremembering then. I, I, I don't know, maybe there's something about that. I mean, the this splinter group, these um, Zygon uh, terrorists, are they feel enslaved in these human shells of a sort? And I mean, part of this takes place in the states. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a bit. Cause that that would imply that we're then supposed to feel like em- like feel sorry for the Zygons and their plight, but they're the ones who are trying to kill everyone. So well, a few of them are. I I think this yeah. episode is also quite toned deaf when the doctor of all mm. people says if you bomb them you will radicalize the lot because yeah. there are really really obvious is slash islam yeah. parallels oh absolutely and just yeah. because is got bombed didn't 
doesn't mean that the 1.7 billion Muslims in the world en masse just went mental. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of them were unhappy about it, but they didn't all go to war, and, and a, lot, a lot of them agreed with the fact that IS shouldn't exist. Yeah, it's in my notes, it's in my notes. The, there's a blatant generalization based on what is a splinter group. Like, in the same scene, they, they are described as a splinter group, a radical splinter group. There are plenty, like, we've even started the episode with two perfectly kind, peaceful, <laughs> childlike Zygons. They're not gonna, like, they're not bad guys. Yeah, and they, they talk a lot about embedding themselves in other cultures and living in peace and harmony. Yeah. Which is a lot of how Europe is wrestling with its growing Muslim population. Yeah. It was just all very ham-fisted. And yeah, the, the fact they chose to set it in, like, this... Termistan. Also, the other thing about that, I'm just gonna get this in first, is you said it multiple times. There is a church in Termistan, which is entirely incongruous, but they couldn't make it a mosque, because if yeah. they had... Uh, yeah, boy. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just like, why did it have to be there? Why does it, you know, you can make this story and make the same point and it not be a Middle Eastern, like, like made-up country, but it's obviously made to sound like that's where it is, and it just, like, it all seems really ham-fisted and, you know. Yeah, but and, at the same time... And by the way, that's, that's also fine as such. You can make an allegory of that situation. It's a... I mean, in not so tone-deaf a way, it could have been an allegory of what is happening in parts of the world. But this also didn't have to be a church. Like, it could have just been anything. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It could be don't any make it. Yeah, make it like town hall. Like, yeah. make it something neutral. Yeah. Yeah, make it whatever building is left when they've bombed the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Because this is supposed to be a war zone and it looks pretty pristine as far as I can see. I couldn't even see any bullet holes. Mm, true. I suppose, is it wise to, to draw a sci-fi parallel in, the, in this way? Are you going to actually tell us anything instructive by walking up to the line and being constrained in where you can go over it and just seeming clumsy where you do? I don't know. But is it perhaps so blatant still in this episode that they are trying to say exactly that, but they are pussyfooting around it just... I love that expression. Just because they are scared of offending someone, perhaps, or, you know, not being nominated for whatever award is going on in sci-fi land that year. Like, in what way do you think that they've changed things so as to not offend people? Well, Drew just mentioned it's a it's a church, not a mosque. Yeah. Like, they make it to Mezistan, but they, they don't want to say explicitly there's a religion that is prominent in this area. They don't want to say anything like that. It feels like such a, like... I don't know, like a pointed way of doing it. Like, we're not going to call it a real country, but we're going to make it sound so close to it that half the viewers will not notice like yeah and yeah. we're going to recreate with photorealism basically an is propaganda video where someone gets yeah. beheaded yeah exactly but we're, and we're going to go to all that lengths to recreate the imagery and then just pull back in, in the other way or, or, or cloak it in sci-fi it i mean if you just appropriate the imagery and, and draw the parallels i mean how effective can you be is is the lesson basically well who are you talking to what is this episode trying to do yeah that's that's a really good question. Uh, because because I don't think people are going to be... Are people... Was their intention, right? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to start eight sentences at once. <laughs> was this episode's intention to reach young Muslims or people who are just fairly anti-Western, let's say, 
because a bunch of people went to fight for IS and persuade them not to by means of this episode. Or is, is it a, what they were trying? Or is I it a, that would be your goal? Like it. It d- well then what else are they are they doing are they just saying like look look we're current well could it almost be the not the opposite absolutely not the opposite but could it could it be something to the effect of look this can happen to anyone like this kind of radicalization is not specific to is it's it even happens among you know space squids like it happens everywhere <laughs> yeah 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 but then if that if that was the aim it would have been a then much why call it to Mesistan and yeah exactly exactly yeah. I honestly don't know what they were trying to do it just feels so clunky and awkward and is uncomfortable to watch do you know what else is clunky awkward and uncomfortable to watch i'm sorry (laughs) 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 that's too good a segue but i'm sorry i don't want to i don't want to lower the brow this is a very interesting discussion i'm sorry put put a pin in that carry on i I apologize No, no, I, I need you to wipe my imagination clean because all sorts of things are flashing before my eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry to say this, but the... I, I don't know her name, by the way, but the minister from the thick of it, the second minister from the thick of it, who is uh, the leader that goes into Temezistan. Yes, Rebecca Front played Nicola Hartley. There you go. In the thick of it. Also, we know Rebecca Front from, from her iconic role as the narrator in the Catherine Tate show. Oh, fantastic. I don't, I don't know why you're using oh, we, yeah, 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 We are very aware of that. <laughs> I found it very... like She did not look comfortable in black SWAT gear and a helmet. It just looked a little hilarious. It was all very pinched. Wait, well, I mean, it, it's just like... an incredibly two-dimensional character as well. There was, yeah, like... but I mean, also, it's like, uh, hey, auntie, why are you in a SWAT team? <laughs> Wait, what isn't she behind a desk? What, what, why is she hey, running around? come on. SWAT team people come in many shapes and sizes. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure most of them are, like, they're, they're definitely younger and they're definitely more muscular. Like, they're ah, Dude, we're they're talking soldiers. about a colonel. A, a colonel is actually several ranks up. You, you've got to be in the armed forces for maybe 15 years before you're eligible for colonel rank. Yeah, 15 years ago, she was, like, super buff and she passed all her fitness tests. So easy, but... Fine, yeah. but any colonel... Yeah, stop body shaming the colonel. I'm not dude. trying to body shame oh, I, oh God, really not body shaming the colonel. I've really I've really, <laughs> really painted myself into a corner with this one. <laughs> Even calling her a colonel makes her sound small and round. Stop it. <laughs> my, my point is like, okay, fine. Take her out of this context and then put her to all of the incredibly inept soldiers whom she commands and now just have them run an obstacle course. Yeah, but she doesn't she's not going to do well is my point. I'm really sorry yeah, she's, she's not going to do well. Brains. These Ow. soldiers are good for nothing. <laughs> the that they They're not even listening to her. Orders. They don't need to have to run the gauntlet themselves. They go into a gauntlet. That's what Temezistan is. They go into a gauntlet. She doesn't climb a single obstacle and the others yeah. just jump straight into a lava pit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, it annoys me so much that she doesn't say, can someone else with a gun shoot this fucking imposter? <laughs> 
and it annoys me that she doesn't go yeah, out and shoot the imposter. That's, but that's true. The the one guy does obviously doesn't want to shoot his mother, but is there nobody else there who can say this is clearly a Zygon? I'm yeah. gonna do the job for you. She's yeah. not answering any of your questions, which yeah. you conveniently forget about each time she doesn't answer one. Yeah, exactly. Worst soldiers, worst tumbleweed, worst tombstone, worst fake mother. Three point six. Oh, Johnny, <laughs> don't you remember me? You came out of my vagina. It's just awful. <laughs> don't you recognize my face? She <laughs> drops trousers. <laughs> <laughs> what about this? <laughs> don't say you've forgotten. <laughs> she quickly spawns a zygon umbilical cord. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. That's gross. Okay, the dad and son who are on the front porch waving at the... I mean, the similar situation when the, the drone strike is about to happen. By the way, so drone strikes, another thing that, that is commonly associated with the phenomenon that they are sort of tiptoeing around. Why are they just waving on the front porch? Why are they waving <laughs> at a drone? And does this drone just hover by them? Like, how does that work? Oh, excellent question. Is it, is it like a it's an amazon delivery drone and it's just there on like four <laughs> propellers kind of just hovering just by the them while they <laughs> why are they waving they, that's so cocky to think hey if if we just wave and you like you need to look like a child for a moment like if we wave it'll be fine why aren't they running and hiding why aren't they like blasting that thing that is just helplessly floating around their front porch why don't they blow that out of the they're manipulating the woman who's about to detonate the bomb. Yeah, they know that bullshit. Waving and running. If you run, you look guilty. Yeah, it, no, it is bullshit. Three point five. <laughs> yeah. So okay, there's a line that Osgood says about them basically having different powers now, and that's supposed to excuse all of that. How do you feel about that? Having encountered classic Zygons before, they, that they can just change. Well, that's what I said in the beginning. I th- I think that takes away something from Zygons, not just in this episode, but from Zygons in general going forward. Because now yeah. they're just shapeshifters, and they shouldn't be. Every other Zygon story that we've had, there's been a point to like, oh no, that this is an imposter. We need yeah. to find the real one. But I guess. G- giving them license to like there are t- now 20 million Zygons on Earth you can't possibly have that and still have the imposter syndrome because that would mean 20 million humans somewhere yeah wait hang on yeah. that's such a good point why not just make themselves look like new humans give them fake passports fine problem solved because it, again it's a weird mix of yeah we want to bring back this villain because people love names that have lain long dormants and fan service etc etc but we gotta keep it fresh and it just leads to the worst of everything because because they could very easily have new shape-shifting aliens that aren't zygons and operate to completely different rules and just make the rules stand up by writing a completely new rule book well Well, they have because there was that one that um olivia coleman was that was a shape-shifting alien oh the interdimensional fish monster yeah well that's all super duper rad but i have to say i do appreciate that this is a callback to the it's the 50th isn't it like it's a callback to 
um, to that storyline. That's yeah, great. Yeah, this is exactly what you wanted last week. Let something lie for a couple of series, and oh, look, now we're picking this up. Isn't that fun? Yeah, and would have uh, been better if they hadn't changed the rules, because the, the fact that they now have changed the rules means that all those people who were put in pods somewhere, like these two girls are in pods somewhere, mm. right? Like they were created before Zygons were able to shapeshift into anything. They needed physical contact with that individual. So either there, there are two girls somewhere stuck in a pod and like all these millions of people can pod somewhere. Like, how did you pick them? Like, <laughs> was there a lottery to, just to go, you know what? Yeah, we don't need these people. We're, we're, we're going to stick them in subterranean pods. No, no, they're just, they're just the worst kids in the class. And the teacher's like, do you really want to be held back a year? No, miss. There is another way. <laughs> <laughs> Step into this closet. <laughs> <laughs> Is that is that the theory? Is that what happened on the fiftieth? That there were twenty million people put into pods in order that the Zygons could live? Well, isn't that, that sound right? But that is how it should work. Yeah. Right, but I don't. I can't imagine the Doctor agreeing to that. You're so effectively. It seems to me like perhaps the rules changed for the fiftieth, and then the Doctor conveniently forgot, so they could be re-explained here. Uh, oh, yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Ugh. On the other hand, <laughs> sexy as hell. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> Uh, and also, we still get a whole bunch of sexy Zygon tech. This Cronenbergian wet dream. It's awesome. At, at one point in my notes, I've literally just written, whoa, sexy meat cave. Like, it is, it's all amazing. <laughs> I have a question. How do Zygons travel? They're spaceships. Because at some point, Osgood says, all the Zygons are on the way. They've they've gone into the tunnels. They're heading back to the UK. And Doctor's like, oh no, shit, I've got to get back to the UK before they do. And he hops in his plane. And it's like, how fast are they going? Where are these tunnels? Do these tunnels go through the earth? Well, I mean, you know the, the companies that built the Channel Tunnel? Like, yeah. Were they just, did they just go out of business after the Channel Tunnel was built? No. They no. contracted. Yeah. And now there's a tunnel between New Mexico <laughs> and London. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It's the, all the tunnels that the silence are hiding in. Uh, there we go. Yeah, and the Zygons are just running by them. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind us. Who are you talking to? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear more about this so-called 5.0 episode that Leon watched before he came to talk to us today. <laughs> what are some of the plus points? Up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This can go both ways. Okay, I was constantly on the edge of my seat, creeped out during this episode. And possibly I was swayed by the cliffhanger because the ending of the episode is so incredibly powerful that it distracts, it, it detracts from everything that preceded it. All of that, all of the utter gobbledygook that we've just <laughs> outlined. <laughs> I found this to be well, an incredibly entertaining episode. Do you mean in particular the dock in the plane and Clara shooting the whatever the heck she's shooting at? Launching the rocket. Yeah. And she's Bonnie, on the, not Clara. the motorbike. That's a little naff, but it's also so kind of fun. I, I did enjoy that. I loved the Clara reveal. I enjoyed the president of the world bits, even though there weren't many of them. I like I, I was just thoroughly entertained for huge chunks of this episode. I love yeah, the doctor the giving the double the... V sign at the plane. Like, like yeah, I thought like you didn't like being president, like, but oh sorry, yeah, you're saying it. You're saying I was going to say going. exactly that. Like I, I, you, you, I thought you didn't like being the president. Oh, there's nothing 
wrong with poncing about in a plane. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun <laughs> episode, and it, it is exciting at times. And even when it has a lull, there's this eerie, creepy sensation in the scene. Even the like Kegels and fake sheriff. Ferif, when they are hanging out in <laughs> New Mexico, it's like it's dull and nothing is happening, but the, it's so creepy. Do you yeah. feel? Do you feel like there was tension there when they were hanging out in New Mexico? Did, like, I don't feel like I didn't suspect her to be a Zygon at that point. They were no, just not did I. But I, I felt like something was, was about possible. to happen. Like you don't put Kegels in in a some random location somewhere in New Mexico without shit going down. And when she shows up, there are just there are dead Zygons or like dead hairballs. Everywhere there are these fake ISIS symbols. Everywhere she pulls a gun, like it's like shit is going down. Like you, you think something bad is about to happen. Something terrible just happened because the place is abandoned or Mm. everyone's been killed, and something bad must certainly happen because, like, why else did you put Kegels in the story? Like, why even have that location? And you know what? Question for you: Why even have that location? (laughs) Like, cut it. Just cut it. because truth or consequences means something and there will be a clever thing to do with that and that's why they had to use it real place by the way is it really it really it really is and they really did name it after a, a game show called truth and consequences but that's not even the weirdest thing about the place it is right next to elephant butt <laughs> which may be pronounced butte okay elephant butte <laughs> right but it's retro it, it, rewrites put the new mexico scene in elephant butt yeah and and but, that and is also just next door to Rock Canyon, which I presume is where Eddie Rock lives. <laughs> Obviously. It's an amazing area. Um, I did think that was a very Clara line when she says, oh, I just happened to... I'm just memorizing uh, Trivial Pursuit questions because I want to win. Yeah. Um, that slid completely under the radar. I just thought that is totally Clara. And then actually that turns out to be the point where she's manipulating people to send someone to truth and consequences where there is a trap waiting for her and she knows that they'll be killed yeah that is another line that i thought was a bit crap and a bit subpar and i realize now that that is because it was doing extra work yeah i don't think it was because it was supposed to give the game away but i think it just had to do too many things and it was stretched quite thin oh Leon, did you like or dislike the line? I liked it. I think it's another misdirect. It's one of a string of either actions or lines that that just add to the subterfuge that then compounded amounts to this incredible reveal scene. That was a great scene. That that is worth dwelling on again. When she wipes away the cobweb and she makes it look like she's done it by accident. When she's done it with full knowledge of what she's up to and just wants to see the look on Jack's face as she puts two and two and two and two together. So, so is, is Jack dead now? I think so, and I think, yeah, basically... Yeah, um, or is she well. going to turn up in a pod as well, and are we then in the oh, next review going to go, oh, for goodness sake, I thought we didn't need these. Well, no, no one important ever really dies in Doctor Who, do they? Especially not in the Moffat era, so I don't know. Marie I has mean, a finger. Where are you pointing this? theory about the pods, which I'm reluctant to say, because I think it might add more points for Leon, but... <laughs> 
I'll say it here we go, here we but go, here we go. Maybe in order to keep someone's image permanently, you do need the live link, and so we the pods are still necessary. And what you said, what Osgood said, was like you say, she was bluffing because she doesn't want to reveal that she's human. And so the people that we've seen do these mental links. It's just an image, so they didn't know the person. They couldn't answer the questions. She couldn't answer what was her son's favorite teddy bear when he was growing up. So maybe it's only a short-term, temporary state. And so the pods are still necessary for you to take over their lives permanently. Three point four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether you've gone up or down to get. To that I just point. went up point one. <laughs> I'll take it. That's a solid, uh, you know, wibbly-wobbly explanation. I like it. Okay. Did you guys see that in the sheriff's office on the wall, there was, I want to say it's a a newspaper clipping that said, White House appoints alien ambassador. I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I made a note of it and I was thinking at the time like is this because maybe like, is this just from you know news of the world is this from some nonsense newspaper or is this uh, you know law enforcement officers occasionally they are actually told the truth and, like, there's a there's a briefing about it yep no there's an actual alien ambassador now or is it the White House has hired an alien to be an ambassador to like Belgium or something <laughs> or is it not Belgium Miss he destroyed Belgium. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Literally seconds after destroying an Osgood. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't know. That that annoys me because it, it makes it sound like the politicians of the world must therefore have been taking the Zygon seriously, because otherwise what other aliens are they interfacing with? I'm going to say one thing in this episode's favour, which is that people in their reviews, and we ourselves, comment on, oh no, is love going to save the day? Annoying as it was that the fake mother took in an entire unit of soldiers mostly unrelated to her. Love ruined the day there. It was everybody's downfall. People (laughs) should love less. There's the moral. Just be a cold, hard professional. You were hired to do a job. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is a refreshing change. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) 3.5. I just wanted, wanted, because I am undecided what I feel about the Clara breaking the fourth wall right at the end when she looks right at the camera does that was that a good she does yeah yeah and we all noticed yeah that's another Moppety thing it. it doesn't say anything does it, it it's yeah, just it it's just you've seen side eye Clara from the side wait till you see her from the front Whoa. <laughs> There's nothing more to it than that. It, it, there's yeah. no narrative rationale for it. No. Yeah, I don't know how that's I feel about it. Therefore, take some points off. No, I didn't say I hate it. <laughs> Marie, you're trying too hard. You, you're going to start shooting yourself in the foot. He's, he's going to start resisting. Pull back, pull no, back. I just think it did It did bug me a little bit. because I think you're right, because there was no reason for it. It wasn't like, like a little knowing look between us and the audience and we're in on a joke. It was just, I was going to look at you now for no reason. And like the reveal had already been done. If that was the reveal, if when she was doing the side eye, she'd casually just flicked it to us, that might have been a nice moment for it. Mm, no, no, I, I think that shot that you're describing is perfect as is. I, yeah, no, I think, no, I do. I think it's right. But I just would, yeah, there's no reason to do the fourth wall thing at all then. No, no. And I'm writing an essay about Doctor Who breaking the fourth wall. And I'm going to add this Ooh. as another instance. <laughs> 
Good. Wonderful. Right. Lovely. Can't wait to read that. <laughs> that sounded really sarcastic, but it was genuine. <laughs> okay, cool. It's, it's been gestating for a while. Um, <laughs> one thing, I mean, I'm going to say my favorite line from the episode. You can agree with me or disagree with me, but I'm not going to be swayed on this one. So what is it you want? You are the president of the world. Yes. We want the world. Fucking loved it. That was your favorite line. I mean, <laughs> as an apotheosis of ham? Absolutely. Yeah, that is that is quite hammy. That is quite <laughs> schlocky. Definitely. Well done. <laughs> if you're going to make the doctor the president of the world, people have to say these kind of things to him. That's true. Yeah, uh, I'm on board. 3.5. Hey. <laughs> oh, one last point about hybrids. Oh. Is anyone else getting rather bored by this hybrid thing? Because... If I didn't know better, I would say almost anything could be described as a hybrid, and whatever we guess is a hybrid is going to be proven wrong at the end of the series. Or was so this just, just a buzzword s- that was going around at the time in the production, or like in the writer's room, or what have you? Well, this is a series-long theme, as well as losing Clara. Davros, at the beginning, mentions a prophecy about a hybrid. Um, it comes up in the Fisher King double part. It's it's here again. There is a hybrid, and, and at the end of the series... Uh, me! Me is me. also the hybrid. hybrid. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of, actually. Yeah, because she's both Maya tech and human. So I, a hybrid is going to do something. I think this one pissed me off in particular because I just don't think it is a hybrid. Like, there's not... Their, their DNA has not merged. Like, I fully believe one of them is human and one of them is Zygon, and yeah. they have decided... Like, they have made an agreement that they will not ever reveal which was which, and like it doesn't make you a hybrid. Yeah, I'm yeah, with you on this, in, 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 in saying that Osgood is a human or a Zygon and can't be a human Zygon, you're just dead racing them. <gasps> You've got to accept their identity for who they are, Marie. Oh. <laughs> I'm being slightly facetious. Or am I? <laughs> Take a pick. Whatever. Come after Nick. Don't come after me. <laughs> Nick's the one who likes to hate that. But consider my microbiome. My note continues. I have as many bacterial cells as human cells in my body. The 10 to 1 number commonly cited as mm. bacterial cells outnumbering human cells is in fact outdated. Behold, therefore, the perfect hybrid. <laughs> so fuck hybrids in, in conclusion. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if me is a proper hybrid. Like, if you just yeah, use alien text to cure someone, it doesn't make you part alien. Yeah, every time the doctor hands his Sonic to Clara, does that make Clara hybrid because she uses alien tech? Yeah, exactly. Every time, yeah, it doesn't. No, I'm over this hybrid stuff. Yeah, me so too. maybe they're, maybe they're bluffing. Maybe they're using hybrid incorrectly throughout the series, and there'll be one hybrid that is a true hybrid, and it's our it's a Toyota to, to find it, and then you will know who is the true uh, villain. Well, exactly. That that is sort of what I was saying at the beginning. But but how do you weigh one hybrid up against the other? It's it's basically saying you know almost anyone could be a hybrid, and we want you to get excited about that. But we obviously aren't going to tell you for another five or six episodes. <laughs> So we're just going to keep calling people hybrids, and that's as deep as it goes. This is probably more impactful if you're watching one episode a week, as opposed to every couple of weeks. But if everything is meant to point at one particular thing, then you probably only want to have two, maybe, at a stretch, three suspects in this thing. If everyone's a potential culprit, then it actually takes away all the cleverness from them pointing at, ah, you're right, it was a hybrid who did something important. Yeah, well, fucking obviously, because everyone is one. Like, everyone fits the bill. Yeah, Yeah, and and you know what? 
what we're ignoring the elephant time lord in the room which is that i'm sure that moffat has put this in play just because the eighth doctor was once described as half human on his mother's side and he's he's dicking around with is the doctor fully a time lord or is he half human and are we going to get a definitive answer to that and of course we won't and it turns out that he wasn't from gallifrey anyway so what was this all about no year of the gas leak didn't happen (laughs) i'm trying to get a bingo card going but that's that's one of the phrases on it Every, every cool uh, Premier League podcast has a bingo card associated with it. So, oh, there, yeah. come on, podcast land, get writing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not a fun fact, but a fact. When this podcast episode drops, the episode that we're talking about aired five years ago yesterday. <gasps> what? Mm. Yeah, we are catching up. Doobie de doobie, catching up to Doctor Who. Yeah, but. <laughs> By the time we release the next one, that will be five years and a week yesterday. Oh, no. <laughs> Falling behind again. Whatever. Dibby dibby is backwards. <laughs> but then we're going to get to season breaks and then we're going to be catching up again. Yeah, don't worry about oh, it. I can't wait to piss on Dr. Mysterio. I can't wait. <laughs> In fact, do you want to hasten that right now and just jump into ratings? Let's do that. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. So, I actually, having spent the whole podcast trying to point out negative things to counterbalance Leon, I think I actually did enjoy this episode quite a lot. It does. It, it has a lot of drama. It flows really well. Probably, I don't know. Probably, it's, definitely stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> Less hedging. It's gorgeous to look at. We didn't talk about like it's obviously filmed on location for a lot of it, and the like the mountains when they're driving into Turk, whatever. To Mesistan. To Mesistan is beautiful. They've obviously spent a lot of money on it, but I don't know. Does that make it worse, in a manner of speaking? Because if you're going to make a point to go to these exotic places and film on location, then why wouldn't you do a little bit more? Why wouldn't you make it a better story? So I'm very torn. I did enjoy it, but it annoyed me a lot. (laughs) I think we can tell. The, The locations were great the acting was great i really like kate lovely kate what's her name kegels kegels her voice i don't know how she does it but she just sounds yummy every time she's like oh i don't know what she does but it's fantastic and so she's wonderful and i liked that we had a lot of her but then i disliked that they just threw her to new mexico to have this one-on-one with this rando police agent that had no drama i disagree with you on that point leon i think if i got to a point and the entire town is deserted because there's been a big hoo-ha before i got there i don't feel like i'm petrified and i'm looking in every corner because there must be someone left to get me i think oh everyone's left is probably safe here now and i feel like that's how she played it like she didn't seem like she was in danger and therefore i didn't feel scared for her so i guess it's a bit left field when the policewoman turns into the zygon but i didn't feel like there was a build-up to it i didn't feel like there was a danger like oh no she hasn't got back up like if i don't know there were just there was always more that could have been done I loved Clara and the Clara reveal and Clara as a baddie was so fucking cool. Like she was really awesome and I'm excited to see her as a proper baddie next week. So I feel like there'll be more from her to come. And then there, there's your 
actual peril is that you've got Clara encased, in, like entombed in the dungeon of the whatever flats in London. So yeah. Ooh. So I don't know. It has its good points. It has its bad points. I enjoyed it. I'm excited to see what's coming next. There is a good cliffhanger with the doc on his plane. And she's the... standing on the cliff. She's standing on the cliff with a fucking awesome motorbike and this bazooka that she's just like this like heat seeking device that just I don't know goes after the plane. That's that's all pretty awesome. So yeah, I don't think I can bring myself to go above a two point something. <gasps> but... What? The... Oh, wow. Absolute. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, it's going to be, it will be a 2.9. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> 2.9. Cuz it was good, but it was also a bit now. I just one note. I just wandered next door and asked Jim what I should give it, and his answer was a 1.9. So what? No. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> but he didn't hear all of your delicious points about how sexy Clara looked and whatever other good things you found. He's only remember. got eyes for you, Marie. He's not going to give points for that. Exactly. <laughs> As such, I, I feel like I need to bump up the score even further now because this really is an episode no. that really cements the romantic <laughs> connection between its viewers. Okay, I absolutely concede. Large swathes of this episode are dumb. They make no sense. They are <laughs> either completely superfluous, see the last hour and a half, that we, you know, or they rewrite history, which is, I mean, the Zygon history, which is for me frankly the biggest beef yeah i'm a purist when it comes to classic foes i don't want them to change all too much but it was like i said i was constantly on the edge of my seat this was an enthralling episode despite all the hilariously stupid scenes that that comprised it even during the redonkulous oh no well just go back to nip back to my house to pick up my sweater or whatever it is that clara's forgotten like who cares even throughout that I was entertained. Doc is on top form, but we don't get enough of him. Clara is on top form, and we get even more of her than we expect. Kegels is great, but underused. Jack, I hope she is replaced by a more interesting Zygon copy of her. I don't want to fall back on my now actually for a while not employed phrase of, but it had such ambience. But the thing is that this episode had such ambience. <laughs> <laughs> There's an interesting, albeit possibly misfired, political statement here. There's, it's anchored in something that, that is relatable for a multitude of reasons, yet quite distant and still Hoovian in nature. It, I, I enjoyed this. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. I enjoyed this episode. Now, I started with the uh, absolutely redonkulous 5.0 at the, at the head of this review. Now, obviously, I wouldn't have given this a 5.0, but I I'm gonna tell you, I was prepared to give this something in the fours. Mm -hmm. You have gradually talked me down, even though it maybe vacillated a teeny tiny bit. You talked me down to a three point five. But the thing is, Drew, mm -hmm. the thing is, mm -hmm. <laughs> why are you singling me out? You don't know what I'm giving. Because me. I can see the look on your face, and I, and I hear you going, mm, "Yeah, here it comes." Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah minus five point two. <laughs> 
But the thing is, I would rewatch this soon. I enjoyed this episode, and I'm gonna have to be swayed by my past self to not quite, but but still return somewhat to the uh, the vicinity of points that I was at. And therefore, I'm gonna give this. I'm, I'm, I'm just plucking this out of the air right now because I haven't written anything down. I'm I'm giving this a. I'm giving this a three point nine. <gasps> Okay. Yeah, a full point higher than than yours, Marie. A full two points higher than mine. Than Jim's. Uh, yeah, Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my rating. Mm. This is a seriously grim episode. In a good way. Woo! <laughs> Some parts are very slow, but as Leon says, I never found it boring. Instead, it's a positive. It has lots of time to breathe and build an atmosphere, which I feel, with my limited exposure to Classic Who, recreates the best of Classic Who very well. Only this time, it's not clearly padding out an underwritten first act, and possibly also second act, and maybe third act. <laughs> Where I take objection with the underwriting is Rebecca Front's Colonel. Rebecca Front is another one of these living comedy legends. Everything else I've ever seen her in, she radiates joy and twinkly mirth. Now, I don't know what weird fetish Stephen Moffat's Who crew have, casting these comedy legends like her and Sanjeev Bhaskar before her as drab, humorless military types. But stop it right now, I say. Not playing to their strengths at all. To counter something Marie said, I found Cagle's storyline to be dripping with menace throughout the whole time she was in Truth and Consequences. You know something is going to happen. They're not giving anything away as to what. Here's my friend who agrees with me. And just the isolation that she is experiencing there, of course she can't have backup. And because of that, the peril is so absolute. And I really like the way that she, the actress delivers her lines. It really is interesting I, and individual. I found it especially when she said, keep in touch, as she walked away from Clara to head off to Truth and Consequences. It, it felt... I don't know, practiced military authoritative, some, all of those things. However, she is limited mostly to procedural plot advancement. What she does, she does well, but I wish she could have had two or three extra dimensions. More positives. The cliffhanger ending is magnificent. Of course it will be undone, but what theater? The body-snatched companion is shooting down the president of the world, the eponymous title character of the show, with a fucking great rocket. It is ballsy, and in most other series, I think this might be a standout episode, or at least a standout cliffhanger cliffhanger but at the moment the whole production is operating on a seriously high level week to week so it, it becomes easy to take some of its virtues for granted you're saying oh it looks great and it's got great locations but that's not enough of a positive anymore because we're starting to see that as the new normal whole series of doctor who have gone by in the past and we haven't had one nice location or one that really looks good and takes <laughs> your breath away but now it's slick so it has to do more and to consider seed something on that front it is rarely incendiary this episode i mean clara side eye <sighs> so i'm putting that to one side for a second for later um hardly even know yeah exactly we <laughs> we touched a little bit on the radicalization revolution among the younger brood hammer to the cranium kind of stuff and that's quite hard to debate in real time. It would have seemed even more current back then, so perhaps it was okay, and maybe it's just not aging well. Um, one thing I'd add is that one of the things Fake Mom says is right. The the soldier's chief, the doctor, he is an alien. You know, th there are valid critiques of the West buried in huge swamping avalanches of fundamentalist, just amoral bullshit. But, you know, no society has all the answers. And I 
would have liked to see that perhaps pushed a little further. But of course, because there's all the ice paraphernalia that they've dressed the sets in, they can't really go there. But look at the chief of the formerly free world now. He's he's delivering rhetoric about liberties that encourages right-wing nutjob militias to attempt to kidnap the governor of Michigan. We've got problems. Uh, but let's not get into that. I didn't enjoy this as much as the previous two episodes. Of that much, I'm certain. It's a bit tone deaf. Um, but it's it's rollicking. I watched it twice. I enjoyed it twice. 3.6. Doop, 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 doop. Which I think counts as a twist ending. (laughs) (laughs) Now look into the camera and wink. (laughs) He did it, Podcast Land. He broke the fourth wall. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Are you a little curious about what Podcast Land might think of this? I'm curious enough to read out some reviews. <laughs> if that's what you mean. That is exactly what I mean. Then let's do that. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Welcome to the Listener Mini section of the podcast. Whoop, whoop. That is two whoops for two devoted listeners and fans this week. Thank you so much to Eddie Rock and Michael Ridgway. First up, it's Eddie Rock. Hello, Eddie. From Rock Canyon himself, the Eddie Rock. <laughs> Eddie Rock begins. Hey, who back when? Zygon clone Eddie here. I want to start by saying how much I understand and feel for the Zygons. They're just innocent victims of oppression and persecution. Go Zygons! Sorry about that. He took my keyboard. Actual Eddie here now. This was a fantastic first part, which managed to take a silly foe and turn them into a genuinely scary threat. The invasion of the body snatchers trope is a classic and finally uses the Zygons to their potential. From a crying fake relative to creepy little kids, to the fantastic Clara twist. Though it was suspicious Clara would leave a terrorised child to his fate. Oh, there is that. Oh, there is that. Well observed, Eddie. There was a shockingly high body count in this episode, which just further serves to separate it from previously goofy Zygon stories. Kegels was unimpressive in this episode. The Doctor was a good mix of fun and serious. Osgood is always a blast, and her fangirling of the Doctor is consistently top-notch. Her character has taken a much less playful tone here, though, with how passionate and serious she is about her, quote, sister and the cause. It added great depth to her character. So many classic Doctor references, including a portrait of Hartnell in the background. Overall, Eddie Rock concludes, a great episode. I give it a 4.5 out of 5 pulsing electric balls of hair. Hot. And then he adds in parentheses, Zygon Eddie gave it 5.0, but he's not exactly impartial. <laughs> we'll both see you for part two. Till then, rock on! I <laughs> know you rock on, Eddie Rock. <laughs> Fantastic mini. Till part two, Eddie Rock will be tweeting on at the Eddie Rock. Right, who have we got next? Next up, we have Michael... Ridgeway! 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 <laughs> so long, Leon. Uh, I've been told that before. <laughs> Hello, Michael! Hello, Michael. I love you, Michael! So Hi, big! Michael. Is that a Zeppelin in your pocket, or are you just a fan of the Seventh Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> And Michael, as usual, begins his review with some likes. First like, dark. So dark. 
Lovecraftian underworlds, X-Files weirdness, horrible honey trap massacres, and creepy doppelgangers are plenty. Gutsy, hard-hitting political stuff. The ISIS imagery still shocks. This aired around the time Islamic State was at its peak. How the production crew didn't receive threats, I don't know. That's totally the ISIS flag if you cover your eyes in Vaseline. Plus, striking racism references from the no British, no dogs sign to throw away lines on benefit fraud. I suppose that is an aspect that we didn't take into account. This is not only the production crew opening themselves to threats and such, but the BBC, the national broadcaster, is always a magnet for flack when it does anything of any risk. So, yeah. Pretty gutsy. Make a good point, Michael. Michael continues with more likes. Fantastic underworld building with rival Zygon sects. We could have a whole separate series exploring this. And an awesome twist. Coleman is killing it as evil, Clara. And Actually, I think you'll find she's bringing it to life. <laughs> <laughs> And a shocking finale, utterly devoid of hope. How the bloody hell will they get out of this? How will part two live up to this? And last like, is that the Seventh Doctor's tank top I see Osgood wearing at the start? I do believe so. But as always, we must turn to Michael's beefs. Michael loves tumbleweed scenes, but that didn't cut it for him. A good tumbleweed visual is an art form. Like in an American tale, Fievel goes west, Michael. I, I get you. That looked like someone haphazardly lobbed it on there and pulled it along with string. Exactly. <laughs> and are they really the best unit soldiers they had? Like, they were way too dumb. Dumb. <laughs> And in summary, Michael says, <laughs> Chuck Forrest, girl who died and girl who lived on the bonfire and salt the earth. This is the Osgood shit. This <laughs> is the stuff aliens will dig up from the wreckage of our dead earth in five years time and stick in a museum. The ticketed special exhibition section. Bravo. <laughs> and Michael gives this a frankly astounding rating of 4.9 out of 5 gullible unit soldiers deservedly lured to horrible melty deaths idiots (laughs) as always michael thank you so much (laughs) is there any way people can high five michael online oh man i think it's the only hope we've got left to cling to in this horrible world (laughs) (laughs) wow so it's good news for you podcast land that there is you can follow michael at bad underscore a movie underscore Club. <laughs> no more underscore. Thank you very That's much. It. And so big. Yeah. Oh, unendingly big. <laughs> in fact, the next classic hue could, in a way, be describing Michael's bigness. What's coming up in the classic channel, Leon? Why, it's full circle, of course. Mm-hmm. We are coming up to the end of the fourth Doctor's run over here. Well, oh, we are also at the end of this episode, which we now are halfway through Capaldi's run. <gasps> Oh, no. Yep, 20 down, 20 to go. Wow. Oh. All right. So, Marie, what's the next new who? Next up, we have the Zygon Inversion. That's almost like this title. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> 
And yeah, slightly <laughs> inverted. And that's not I all. Mean, flip all the Zygons inside out with the Zygon nerve gas. Oh, I don't know. Uh, We've also had Zynogs. So is that an inverted Zygon? Oh, who knows? <laughs> and that's not all. In the audio channel, we're about to finish the eighth Doctor adventures. Indeed, at least the we ones are. We're prepared to do. <laughs> and the next one of those will be Lucy Miller and to the death, the final climactic Nick Briggs pens double feature. Super duper looking forward to that. Mm-mm. And that's genuinely it. Yeah. Who knows what happens in bonus territory? Oh, we, yeah, we don't even put that in the document anymore. <laughs> so it only remains for me to do two more things actually can we be found online fellow co-hosts marie you seem pretty social media adept where are you to be found why well, i can be found on the instagram at hamash and jelly ah proving she's not middle-aged by being on the instagram <laughs> <laughs> are you sure are you sure instagram's not for middle-aged people now <laughs> i don't know i've never actually been there we should probably all be on tiktok oh uh. yeah because because we're all so musically talented <laughs> Leon, how about you? Where can you be found? I can still be found at Ponken on Twitter. P-O-N-K-E-N. Yep, for now, possibly forever. Who knows? <laughs> and I can be found at Drew Back When, because it sounds like Who Back When. Excellent branding. Well, thank you very much. And now it only remains for me to do the final thing, which is to say, Podcast Land, thank you once again for being such a lovely, well-behaved audience. Until the next time, when we catch your earballs on the flip side, rock on, be excellent to each other, be safe, be responsible. Don't vote for Donald fucking Trump and cha chow. Thanks for listening, cha chow. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own. Browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?